1: In addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observation, but most importantly, in my opinion, my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation preservation and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities and the roles that these particular aspects Aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me. I primarily practice bankruptcy law. I also practice the related fields in my overall financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference point, that is to say, as they relate to the personal, familial, community and small business aspects of finance, I've spent the greater part of the last nearly 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, Fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because I grew up as a military brat, and I always will be one, and I also helped create another one with my former spouse who was also in the military, as such, I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen, and women, and Marines, and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And as I've shared with you before, I was raised by a father to give back to my community and our society as a whole through service. And on top of that, I had the great fortune to get to know and spend a lot of time with, actually became great friends with both my maternal and paternal grandmothers. Both of whom survived the four great economic challenges of the last century, the 20th century, that included the Great Depression, the privations of World War II, and the systemic racism and misogyny that I have to, it, you know, share with you, and I know you know, continues through and through today. And as these women helped raise me and always loved me and shared with me the stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South, it is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me in spirit, urging me on along with my late father that when the situation is right and that through my chosen form of service, that is to say the law, I am sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and the disabled who find themselves the targets of, and unfortunately more and more, the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of disabled adult and elder financial abuse that you can imagine it seems to be running rampant in our society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and more and more probably Uh, They're not these days. Not enough money (laughs) and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect and reclaim and or rehabilitate your or your families or your small businesses, financial health, wealth and money related well-being. As I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for the detailed facts you need that's geared to your, towards your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find a qualified professional help I sincerely believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your assets, but especially if you're having debt issues. So I got to share with you, I have really been troubled this week. That's because the news has focused 24-7 on all about a singular individual that I have since 2018 designated as he who shall not be named by me, but who once lived in the White House and wants to live there again. But I believe the fact that this person is not only taking up all the oxygen in the news because he also managed to render one of our once great political parties. Almost useless because their cohorts are afraid of this person's supporters. That, you know, nothing of substance is happening in Congress as we face the high probability of another shutdown of our government this fall at a time when the world is at what I call a low grade but continuing escalating set of crises. Or what the news platform known as Axios in an article written by Andrew Friedman and Ryan Heath and Sam Baker and was published at its website, which is located at www.axios.com on August 1st. And it called the article, the existential threat to humanity are soaring this year. The authors urged us all to put aside our politics and look at the world clinically. And if we did so, we'd see three areas many experts consider existential threats to humanity, and they are worsening this year. These authors go on to say why it matters. And they share with the audience, their audience who read them, including me, and I'm sharing this same rationale with you. This isn't meant to start your day off with gloom and doom, but to focus your mind, our minds, on how the threats of nuclear catastrophe, r- rising temperatures, and all powerful artificial intelligence capabilities are spiking worldwide. It underscores, the article goes on to say, the urgent need for smart people running governments and big companies to solve increasingly complex problems at much faster rates. The article goes on to distinguish among the three crises. Climate, the dangers becoming impossible to ignore this, according to Mr. Freeman. You just lived through, we just lived through, the hottest month ever on record on Earth. The world's oceans are absurdly warm, with temperatures in the 90s around Florida Keys bleaching and even killing the coral reefs in just one week. In Antarctic, the sea there is plummeting even as the dead of winter wildfires are raging climate scientists don't relish saying i told you so but they're also warning for years they've been warning for years that each seemingly incremental rise in our global average temperature would translate into severe heat waves droughts floods and stronger hurricanes and No, for the worst part is, or the worst part is, there is no new normal because the temperatures keep rising. This is the global problem that will require a global solution. But tensions between the world top two emitters, that's the U.S. and China, are high. And getting the big global powers to abide by a sufficiently hardcore climate commitment thus far has proven to be impossible. As for AI, the technology's top architects say there is a non-zero chance that it'll destroy humanity. And they don't really know how it works, just according to Mr. Heath. AI, with its ability to mass produce fake videos, sound bites, and images, poses a risk to Americans already continuous trust in our elections and institutions. And then next up, the nukes. China has expanded its nuclear arsenal by land, air, and sea, raising the likelihood of a dangerous new world where three, rather than two, nuclear uh, superpowers exist at the same time. This according to Mr. Baker. He says that Beijing, Moscow, and Washington will likely all become atomic peers soon. This new reality is prompting a broad rethinking of American nuclear strategy that few anticipated, as few as a dozen years ago. Russians Vladimir Putin said this summer that he moved some of the country's roughly 5,000 nuclear weapons into Belarus closer to Ukraine and Western Europe. And President Biden warned in June that Putin's threat to use tactical nuclear weapons is real in the Ukraine. So the bottom line, according to this article in Axios, humanity has a decent track record of pulling back from the brink. No one has used nuclear weapons since World War Two. A more effective global climate agreement is still possible. Rules to govern AI absolutely can exist. The scary problem is that we have to have serious people working on this serious problem. So riddle me this, Batman. Do you see very many serious people among the leadership currently running in the House of Representatives? and some of our elected officials in the Senate. If you do, please point them out to me so I can point them to this article and others written by journalists and researchers and scientists who produce fact-based information for the greater good. So when we come back, we'll continue our discussion This show is X-rated just for people with serious minds. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side.
0: Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host,
1: Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. Before the break, I shared with you... What some are saying are the three greatest existential threats that are facing the world today. They are the threat of a nuclear war sparked by some real or imagined provocation by one or more of the three superpowers, the United States, China, or Russia, or the threat of global warming that is making more land unproductive for farming and producing the food we will all need to survive. We will need it in this generation, but just think about our children and our grandchildren. What legacy are we leaving for them? They won't be able to grow the food that they need to eat and sustain themselves. And then there's the proliferation of dis and misinformation produced by artificial intelligence that has an ever-expanding footprint in the tools that we depend upon each and every day anymore. Now, in my opinion, this identified and uh, identifiable threats only scratch the surface of the problem. For example, in the nuclear warhead proliferation arena, it's not just the three superpowers who have these weapons. In its report, entitled The Status of World Nuclear Forces, written by Hans Christensen, Matt Corda, Elena Johns, and Kate Coyne, and published in FAS, or also known as the Federation of American Scientists, on March 31, 2023, which you can find at uh, FAS as.org forward slash initiative forward slash status world nuclear forces. These are our authors say, despite progress in reducing nuclear weapons arsenals since the Cold War, the world's combined inventory of nuclear weapons remain at very high levels, Nine countries possess roughly 12,500 nuclear warheads as of early 2023. Combined, the United States and Russia now possess 89% of the world's total total inventory of nuclear weapons and 86% of the stockpiled warheads available for use by their militaries. Currently, no other nuclear-armed state sees a need for more than a few hundred nuclear weapons for national security, although many of these states are increasing their nuclear stockpiles. Globally, the overall inventory of nuclear weapons is declining, but the pace of that reduction is slowing compared to the past 30 years. Moreover, these reductions are happening only because the United States and Russia are still part of a treaty where we are purportedly dismantling our previously already retired warheads. In contrast to, to the overall inventory of nuclear weapons, the number of warheads in global military stockpiles, which come Prize warheads assigned to operational forces, it's seeing an increase again. The United States is still reducing its stockpile of approximately 5,244 warheads very slowly. France, with 290 warheads, and Israel, with 90 warheads, have relatively stable inventories. But China, with 410 warheads, India, with 164 warheads, North Korea, with 30 warheads, Pakistan, with 170 warheads, and the United Kingdom, with 225 warheads, as well as possibly Russia, with nearly 6,000 warheads, are thought to be increasing their stockpiles. In addition to the standalone crisis of gro- global warming and the standalone crisis of nuclear proliferation by individual countries, there's also a proliferation of the expressions of bla- bad blood between the world's three largest military forces in recent months. For example, China in recent months was f- caught flying Um, spy balloons in plain sight over the U.S. And Russia has fighter jet pilots have been publicly assaulting and sometimes disabling U.S. drones around the world. And there's a very scary combination of these two, global warming and bad blood, is being manifest itself at the top of the world. In a very prescient article written by William Malden and Alan Cullison with some great photographs by Angela Owen that was published in the Wall Street Journal this past Sunday, July 30th, entitled, American Military Trails Russia and China in the Race for the Melting Arctic. U.S. is competing with a partnership between those two countries, but has fewer icebreakers and ports and less experience. Now, in their article, um, the authors reported from Dutch Harbor, uh, Alaska, a place that I have visited. On patrol in the Bering Sea last fall, the U.S. Coast Guard cutter Campbell spotted seven Chinese and Russian vessels steaming through the frigid waters in a double line near Alaska's Aleutian Islands. The Kimball crew identified the main Chinese ship as the Nanchang, one of the new class of cruiser destroyers that can launch more than 100 guided missiles. The Russian and Chinese ships, which were on a joint exercise, sailed north and east into United States waters, sending an unmistakable message about the region's strategic value to Moscow and Beijing, according to U.S. military officials and national security experts. Russian warships and Chinese research vessels aren't uncommon in the region that includes the Aleutians, a strategic chain of volcanic islands that divides the Pacific Ocean from the Bering Sea and the Arctic Ocean. They were location, they were the locations of bitter fighting during World War II. One of the small island cities on Alaska, which brings in more fish than any other U.S. port, hosts the Coast Guard vessel there. But to see these combatants form up in a surface action group together and steam together, that's what's rare. According to Rear Admiral Nathan Moore, who was Coast Guard commander for the Alast- Alaskan region until earlier this month, when he became deputy commander for the Atlantic, the Coast Guard called in a sea. C- 130 Hercules aircraft from another of its bases on Alaska's Kodiak Island. And officials aboard the Kimball radioed the Russian and Chinese ships to warn them that they had entered U.S. regulated waters. As such, the Russian and Chinese ships broke formation, turned south and departed. Once a lonely and largely impassable maritime expanse where countries work together to extract national uh, resources, the Arctic is increasingly uh, contested territory as ice, sea melt, and traffic increases on the southern edge of the Arctic Ocean governments are maneuvering in ways to mirror the great power rivalries in the lower latitude. So I restate my thesis. Because the world is a dangerous place and getting more so each and every day, we need serious people in Congress whose attention spans are not absorbed with naked pictures of the president's son or by individuals in the Senate who refuse to promote our military leaders so we can be always prepared for the provocations by other powers, some of whom have more weapons than we do. Do you see very many serious people among our leadership currently running the House of Representatives? If you do, please point them out to me so I can point them to these articles and other articles and journals and research papers uh, written by professional fact-based journalists and researchers who produce fact-based information for our greater good. In the meantime, I'm going to leave it there for now, but as always in closing here on Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law including the laws of common sense and the fact that unless we can protect our country and have elected officials who are serious, we won't have very much economic staying power because maybe we won't be around. Okay, so on that upbeat note, I'm gonna say bye for now. Take care, till next time. Struggling with mounting debt? Make the best of a difficult situation by counting on the law services of Selwyn Whitehead, the Bay Area attorney whose expertise is sought by families and small businesses throughout Northern California. Selwyn can help you manage your debt through debt restructuring or bankruptcy and can help you deal with the IRS. For a free one-hour consultation, call 888-599-0504 or click selwynwhitehead.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code.